0: you're listening to an audio edition of the email newsletter get it together this is an interview i did with laura jane grace of against me Uh, she also has a brand new solo record out called stay alive i thought now would be a great time to talk to her about songwriting and recording and live streaming and all that stuff Um, if you're not already signed up for the get it together emails you can subscribe for free and um Thank you so much again to Laura for being here. Of course, the first minute or so of the Zoom call did not record, so we're just gonna latch right into it. Here's Laura talking about putting together the new
1: record. I had been writing for a while and I had like a ton of songs. I had like 30 plus songs that we had been playing through with as a band and none of them were like gelling. None of them were like hitting in the way that they should have it felt like. And it felt like we were just chasing down these endless hallways of like of arrangements and of like well what well what if what if the guitar solo went like this or what if you did this with the vocal melody here type of stuff that I was reaching this point of frustration with where it felt like you know what like in reality it absolutely doesn't matter um specifically like even just at the point I'm at as an artist where like people, the people who are going to like it, are going to like it. You know, there's always like a couple people who are like, Oh, I've never heard you before. This is, I love this, you know? And then there's, you know, always going to be the people who are like, I hate it. And, and you're never like the idea of trying to please those people right now seems more and more like worthless, (laughs) you know? And then, so once everything happened, and it was apparent that, like, kind of all plans were off just because none of us, you know, none of us live in the same city, same state, can't get together yeah. and play. Um, and our year fell apart, canceled tour after tour. Um, once that happened, it just, like, really streamlined the thought process and it became, like, you know, well, what what are you capable of? And, and really, like, took me back, in a in a way that, like, made me remember all the best parts of diy culture of like do what is within your means you know like and if there isn't like if you know if you don't have a venue to play at make your own venue you know like or or figure it out in a way that you can figure out and like because you figured it out like on your own having that be the ultimate success of it and the satisfaction of it you know so That became then like, well, I can still make a record. I just have to make it here in Chicago. Where can I make it in Chicago? And like, okay, well, my budget is going to be this. How can I do it within that budget? You know, like, and and, and just figuring out then, like, arrangement-wise, it's strange to, like... for for like yes it's like a solo record yes it's just me but stripped down it's like i can only do those things realistically i can only sing and play guitar at the same time that's two things at once even like i just i can't play drums and sing and play guitar it's not possible for me to expect more or to say that it's stripped down because i'm not playing drums and singing and playing guitar is like that's ridiculous i just i get so like i i can go like on and on and on about my theories about like that that way that people then have started labeling stuff as like oh it's an acoustic record right. or oh right. it's stripped down the other day I was thinking like I want them to put that on my fucking tombstone stripped down. <laughs> yeah. <you know>? like,
0: <laughs> well but I, I I mean if anything it's like because I, I can hear when you're because you're using a drum machine on some of that
1: yeah on and, like four of the tracks yeah yeah that
0: mm-hmm. like hypothetically you could say like oh you could have played that like quote unquote full band with a drummer and i'm like well but just thinking back to us working with a casio keyboard with mark yeah that is just like no that's just kind i could easily see messing around with a casio at home and being like oh this sounds really cool like i just want it to stay this sort of a thing and that's yeah, exactly paying. exactly
1: a hundred percent and that is it and you know there's oftentimes this like demo itis thing that happens where like you make a demo um that you fall in love with and it has all this charm and like it just works effortlessly and then you chase it in the studio to like make it work in the same way it does in the demo but like those labels of well, this recording is a demo and this is a real recording when they're both just recordings are just like, it's illusions. It's, it's like all in your head. A recording is a recording is a recording. And, you know, if something works, it just works. Like that's all you need, you know?
0: No, totally. Well, and I think that being cooped up inside and slowly being able to record more and, more different sorts of things in my own apartment like has put me more in that zone of like I I guess I'm thinking of this as a demo because I technically do want there to be like a real drummer on this song but at the same time I'm like no but this sounds cool like I'm sure I might send it to a friend or something but like this is neat on its own like if this is all this ever is it's still what I enjoy or something you know it's like you have to sure. like that
1: process sure but then also like that the continuation of it is that like, well, why can't you remake a recording of that with a drummer on that and have that recording be just as valid as long as it works mm-hmm. and it's good. And, and the judgment of it being good being that it felt good to you to do it, to listen yes. to it as a band, to play it. So those being the standards, like, and, and kind of then that being like, well, on your own terms of like mm-hmm. making a record, that just like to me made real sense and like also was like uncomplicated and that became kind of like my modus operandi was like do the do the easiest thing not because it's like a cop-out but just because like what's the point of making it stressful right now there's a fucking global pandemic you know like just be easy on yourself yeah
0: (laughs) yeah like and 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 that is the thing it's like at a certain point especially right now you have to be like I, I can't do things that are making my life more stressful. And yeah. like, <laughs> like, that's the opposite of why most people make anything, you know? So yeah. especially now, like make it, make it easy. No, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> um, but then actually I was, um, I know that you've like posted some photos of your home recording situation. C- like, can you talk about that at all? I'm usually not really sure. a nerd nerd. nerd person at all but I'm totally curious like what your setup is like or you know how how you've gotten used to working now
1: sure I would gladly uh be back there right now but my wi-fi doesn't stretch to the back room so I have to like I have to do computer stuff in here but I basically I moved into an, an apartment in December on the north side of Chicago and there's like a back office room that I was like okay I'm gonna make this my music room but it really wasn't that soundproof. So I basically like gutted the whole room. And first I like put down a layer of mass loaded vinyl across the whole floor. And then I put down a new hardwood laminate floor on that. And then like I got proper sound deflection and hung it up all throughout the room, just like trying to dampen the noise as much as possible. And then in the closet, I took out like the closet doors and I hung mass loaded vinyl all over the walls. And then built cedar around it like a cedar lined closet and so just for like soundproofing and then i got this thing called the iso box which like oh, yeah. looks so dumb it's like just basically this box that goes on your head but i put it in the closet so that it like you can't really it doesn't look like it looks when it's standing on its own um but so then i basically like built a vocal booth in the closet that i can go into and i can sing and then I just have like, you know, a, a pair of Yamaha monitors and then a, a tiny like 8 channel Yamaha mixing board and one of the universal audio um what is it called, Apollos or mm-hmm. whatever, like it's a 2 channel um whatever interface daw and then I've been I've been working out a logic just cuz like I I, I really loathe the prescription model that pro tools does the idea, especially now where it's like, Oh, I'm going to have a monthly expense to be able to use a recording oh, software. Weird.
0: I didn't know that, that pro tools worked that way. Cause I, I yeah. used Autoc also. Oh.
1: Yeah. But so I, you know, I, I historically like kind of used pro tools and then I, I got out of that and have been using logic. And then also I kind of been, have been messing around with Luna, which is the universal audio recording software. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just my home setup, and then I have you know like a like a couple of guitar amp emulators because I can't really run an amp here, mm-hmm. and um, and then a number of drum machines and uh, but I've been playing a lot of acoustic guitars lately. Oh,
0: cool. It's like I'm impressed by your soundproofing situation because I'm also in an apartment and trying to you know not make my neighbors want to murder me (laughs) it's (laughs) It's tough right very hard it's also (laughs) the the closet vocal booth is where it's at these days yeah (laughs) Um, no that's cool and that's the thing it's like at the end of the day I think it's nice to realize that that folks who do this for a living and you know write and record music all the time that like you don't need a wildly fancy recording studio to put down music and like work on stuff, you know? Right. Um, it's like, I remember, um, recording things into a, um, that like portable cassette deck Mm -hmm. and there, I feel like there were songs on, um, maybe it's, uh, the like so long farewell of Peter Zane fuck off that like, I almost felt like that that was like, you know, the studio recording of a drum machine and you singing into a cassette deck.
1: Pretty much. Yeah. (laughs) Pretty much.
0: (laughs) But, But like but in in that way that like the punk rock DIY side of things is still like, well this is what this song needs to sound like. Like this is what I have. And I don't know. I just thought that was really cool.
1: But again, like sometimes like things work. And, like, you shouldn't fight it if they just work. Right. If it yeah. works, if it sounds good to you, makes you happy, then that's all that matters. And, and you know, like, I've kind of reached this point of frustration where, like, specifically with audio recording stuff digitally and then also um, with, like, a lot of video stuff where, like, there's so many just, like, preset filters that you could put on everything that it's so easy to make something that sounds, like, you know, like, this is so fancy sounding, or whatever, that, like, using more analog type of tools, mm-hmm. where it really is just a quirk of the piece of machinery, that it makes something sound a certain way, and diff- figuring out different ways to emulate that, that are much more interesting to me than, like, listen to all the presets that I just layered on top of this recording, you know? <laughs> like, yeah.
0: No, don't, well, and, and I feel like that... <sighs> that lens music in general and like this record specifically um I I think more genuine sound or like it sounds more authentic to you and to like the way you think about music or the way you write music that like yeah it's like anybody can sit at home and and use all the fancy EQs and you know filter things to make it sound like a pop record but like that's not what the fun part is all the time necessarily or like what right. you want it, actually like want it to sound like right well also um I know that you said that like journaling is a big part of writing for you um I'm wondering if that's still really the case and like what I guess what that process is like for you now
1: yeah no I'll tell you like the past. Best- Past two or three weeks in particular, I've like noticed myself mentally just falling apart more and more and more. And I'm really hoping after after the election, one way or another, that like I can turn it around a little bit. You know, there is this feeling of just like, Okay, every day is the fucking same. Like, you know, and I'm trying to maintain these habits like that have a and routines for a sense of order, you know, of like wake up in the morning, go running, writing your journal. Um make your bed like all these things not in that order but um but like with journaling um you know there comes a point where you're like I've written the same thing six days in a row because nothing's (laughs) changed (laughs) of like how do I how do I break out of this and how do I you know it's like it's like what we started talking out about of like how do you challenge your creativity like what are creative ways to be creative or to continue to be creative but it's almost like finding creative ways to get something back out of it, you know, like, cause, cause for me, so much of being an artist is not just the output, it's the input, you know, like I need the mental stimulation, I need new experiences, I need a reflection to like understand my perceptions, you know, um, that when you don't have those and you lose those, like it's it's crazy feeling, you know, like you're just like have no bearings anymore.
0: Yeah. Well, and, and I was trying to, you know, like when all of this started, I was trying to journal more both to like have a record of this year and then also to make it, to try to make it easier for myself to, to be writing music. Like I thought that, okay, like if I, if I, if I can journal more through this, maybe it will be a more generative process. And then it, it was like, you're saying like, I just wrote like things are bad another bad thing happened it just got worse it's even less uh secure or like it's I'm even more angry. it's just like I'm you're just writing the same thing it ended up not helping (laughs) until more more recently I feel like it would be it might be helpful but um but yeah especially now it kind of changes every like that relationship to journaling or like your normal process or whatever.
1: I, I hope mean, that you... was something that you actually wrote. Things are bad. <laughs> yeah. They're <Things> worse. <laughs> <laughs> like, other things.
0: <laughs> I feel like there were definitely days where I was like, I don't know how to, how to write down what is happening and not sound like I'm being dramatic, like, trying to write this, like, wartime journal or something, you know? But I'm like, no, but this is actually happening. And I just, yeah. Yeah. So, so wild.
1: It's tough, like, because I, I I had to stop going to therapy. I'd been in therapy for the past, like, year or so. And um, just, like, because my insurance doesn't cover it. So financial reasons, like, I, I'm not working. I had to cut okay. back, you know? Like, um, and... I know from from even like the reassurances of, of seeing a therapist that they were like, "Oh, journaling is really good for you." At least you have that, you know. Like, so I try to look at it that way, even when I am, even when I'm just like writing negative things over and over again. Of like, well, you know, the therapist said this is worthwhile, so just <laughs> yeah. keep going at it. Um, oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, I mean, has like um, has this wild period of time been especially like generative for you like have you been able to write other things because i know a lot like people are having such different reactions to all of it
1: i i have like i did a zine that i put out right before i released the record like two weeks before i like i only made like 250 copies um and you know half of it was the lyrics from the record and then the other half were just like poems random poems i've been writing and throughout the summer, that had been kind of my routine was like, you know, like every morning sitting down and just writing poetry, um, in kind of like wanting to, to still continue on the habit of writing, but trying to do something different than journaling. Um, so like I've done that, but like, I, you know, I, I've taken a lot of like, or probably placed too much importance on like accountability for like what have you done with your time during this like pandemic and you know I look back on it and I'm like all right well I made a record I made a zine I laid a hardwood floor (laughs) I built a closet I like (laughs) subscribed to purple carrot meal delivery service and I've been learning to cook even though I'm still terrible at it um and like bunch of other just like things around the house where i'm like okay i got that done i got that done like so i feel like i've been productive it's just strange because life moves in a way that i'm not used to it moving now so it's like hard to understand it in the same terms
0: no totally that's good to hear that it is just something that it's it's just different and i feel like i had a really hard time writing writing anything new But then ended up, yeah, putting together a couple zines. We got asked to do a whole bunch of covers for things. So I feel like I just, I threw energy into that and tried to like cut myself some slack for not writing music in the way that I felt like the outside world was telling me I should be, you know?
1: It's a tough position to be in. And it's part of the reason even why I really wanted to do the record, knowing that like, OK, I felt like a lot of the songs were like lining up where just like, oh, the, this makes sense. This resonates for right now. Um, and, it, and it's doing so in an honest and effortless way in that I wrote these songs like they're, you know, none of these songs were written in the year 2020, but they're making sense to me in 2020. But if I'm going to if I felt like if I were to wait on them, that there'd be a cynicism attached to them, similar to how like, like right before we started talking, I watched uh, the trailer for the new Michael Bay movie that's coming out. That's like supposed to be like four years into the pandemic. COVID-19 is now COVID-23 and we everyone's in perpetual lockdown. And it's like like that kind of art where it seems so distasteful in it being directly inspired by it or like like you were saying with like feeling like you're writing a war journal. But at the same time, like it is a war journal and like we're (laughs) in this real situation. Um, But, but that, but then it being met with this cynicism of like, Oh God, like, well, everyone's going to be coming out with their book about the fucking plague, you (laughs) know, like, which sucks to think, but also like, I, I, I feel like I, I, I can already taste that attitude from people. But, but then on the flip of that, it's crazy. Like, the like uh the immediate like switch to like it's awesome so many people working on covers and doing like video stuff but that for I found in a lot of ways too like it's so overwhelming and that there's something about it that is so stressful to me that I have a hard time adapting to it like for instance and I t- talked about this with my, my publicist and I don't mean that as like a, a, a knock on them. I very much appreciate them, but I, and I fully explained this to them and it's not Tito it's European publicists, okay. right. Where I had this opportunity where they're like, Hey, um, you know, there's this media outlet and they, can you record an hour long set and they're going to post this hour long set online. And yeah, you know, just like the video and the audio. And I was like, hey, do you know what you're like asking me to do? Like, not only then like, you know, like it's one thing if you're on tour and you are like asked to play some songs and it's gonna be videoed by somebody else and recorded by somebody else, you're already in the habit, you're in practice. But this would mean like, A, X amount of days of practicing for it. B, that like, okay, so I made a record, right? And the record is 28 minutes long and it's 14 songs. And that took me four days to do. So you want me to record 28 songs, (laughs) like an hour worth of music and you think it should take less time than four days of work, or you're saying that it's fine that it would take me 10 days to do this and just give that work away for free. Like if it's an hour, that means that either, or, or what you're saying is that, it just doesn't have to be that good like or it can be crap yeah yeah or just no one cares just just hand us crap you know like because otherwise that means like okay well I got to go through and I got to mix the audio and I'm not really an audio engineer so I just got to do my best to figure out how to mix the audio and then I got to figure out how to make the video work make like look good and if you know if I'm even shooting anything above 720p, that means it's going to take hours to upload like into Dropbox. Like, so this like expectancy of your time commitment of just being like, yeah, do this thing. And it'll take you weeks to do. And, and we're just going to give it away for free, you know, yeah. and like maybe, and how many people are going to see it? Like, so there's like this off balance of like, expectation of how much you're supposed to put into something versus what you're getting out of it that I find that's like that's not fueling it like you need it either needs to be financially lucrative or emotionally lucrative where it's giving you something back that's able to make you sustain you know
0: oh no absolutely and I think that um you know I at first started off doing live streams that were like actually live um and that was at least sort of fun in a kind of like by the seat of my pants like I guess I'm just gonna figure this out um I know that you came off a tour when quarantine when like lockdowns started I also came off so I was definitely in that mindset of like I want to be playing (laughs) for people so okay and then it got to a point where I was like oh this is like setting up sound checking make like figuring out the audio side of it practicing making sure that like I don't feel like it looks awkward and like all of this stuff I'm like this is actually wildly time consuming yeah what am I (laughs) like I didn't have time to decompress or like process anything or like work on anything else I was just live stream I was like I can't I'm not I'm not (laughs) just like stopped and yeah Yeah. now unless unless it's a, a benefit or a a paid thing, basically. I've, I've ostensibly been saying no to everything because I'm like, I can't. This is actually way more work than I think people assume that it is. Which
1: yeah. makes me like feel it, it. Which makes me feel sad and old <laughs> because it makes me feel like, oh, maybe, maybe it's just because like my time has passed and I'm not adept at computers, and like that there's a younger generation out here who can do all these things really quickly and really easily. And it's no big deal for them to just like record in that fashion. And I guess it's their world now, but, and it's true. Like I never, I never set out to be a live streamer. Like I wanted to be a musician who goes on tour and plays shows. That's like always been the point for me. And I'm trying to adapt to this new world, but, but yeah. And it is something about it. Like with what you were saying, where like, that act of doing it yourself for your reasons of like, oh, I just came home and now I'm figuring it this out. And this is interesting. Figuring out the ways I can do it is different than when there's an expectation on you to do it for someone else's thing. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's a pressure that to me is like collapsing. You know, I can't, I can't handle it. And I've had to like I've said yes to multiple things that I wanted to do because I genuinely wanted to do them. But then the reality of doing them, I've been like, I can't and had, yeah. to, had to cancel, you know?
0: No, I mean, and that, and that makes total sense. And I think that like there was a point at which it felt very DIY to me. There was that kind of like slapdash, like, I kind of don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to make the best of it. And, and then it got to a point where you know, you start seeing people doing like, quote unquote, live streams where clearly there's like a production team involved. And there's like, like, a, there's definitely a videographer out, like lighting. And I was like, I can't compete with this stuff. Like, I'm not what am I doing? <laughs> like, trying to like make something look like I would want it to look if I had help. Right. And, and I'm just, uh, just like, no. And so now, now I have more fun with it. If I do do any of that, it's trying to be funny about it in a certain way.
1: So it's interesting, though, because like, okay so I I did my my first and only so far live stream on the 17th, like a a week and a half ago or whatever. And I had wanted I'd been avoiding doing it, but I wanted to do this specifically because it was in a venue. So I was like, okay cool. Like, I like the juxtaposition of that, of like, you know, I want to be in a venue and this will be the experience of playing a show in a venue, but there's no one there. And coincidentally, at the same time, I joined that site Cameo and I've been recording cameos, all right? Which I was super skeptical about at first. But I found that like, there's something way ultimately rewarding about doing the cameos in a way that I found the live stream thing to be completely lacking in. Where, I mean, like this is way more rewarding than the fucking live stream was, right? Where Mm -hmm. we're having a conversation. And on the cameo thing, like there's an intimacy of it where even though it's not a conversation because it's one-sided, you're on your own and you know you're talking to one person and you're just looking in the camera and you're talking, right? And then the live stream was like, okay, a show up, and there's still a production team there. There's a sound person, there's a lighting person, there's a monitor person, there's four camera people, right? And you enter the room and I've played shows to less people than that, a dozen people, right? You know, (laughs) so I'm immediately like, oh, I'm so happy to be in a venue and I'm so happy there's an, there is an audience here, you know, like they don't realize it. Maybe they, they aren't seeing it that way, but I'm seeing it as like, I'm in a room and I'm playing to real people. And so you're in that room and the dynamics develop of like, okay, this person has a big personality and they act this way, this person acts this way. Everyone adjusts. Everyone's happy to be there. Everyone's joking and having a good time. But then the second the camera started rolling, it was like, whoosh, everyone is just like not giving you any kind of reaction. They're just paying attention to their jobs, like no smiles, no nothing. So is this like strange experience of detachment where like there are people into the room. I can see them. I'm playing them. They won't even smile at me and there's cameras pointed at me and I have to assume, I know there's people on the other side of the camera, but I have no ability to have any kind of energy interaction with them. So I feel like I'm like a comedian bombing up here on stage or like that it's this weird dream where I can't touch anything or there's no feeling when I touch anything. And I hated it. It was terrible.
0: Uh, that's like, it's so disappointing. Cause like that, that makes so much sense. Like everything you're describing, of course it would feel that way. But you want that experience to be fun because that's all we have right now. Right. Like the the opportunity <laughs> to be in a venue, you know, and to be playing for other people, like that's right now, that's kind of the best case scenario. And to like not have that or to, to have that like taken away because you know that like you don't want to do that anymore. You know, that you don't want to have that experience again. It's like, that's just such a bummer. I don't think... People really realize how gutting that is when you're up on stage and like there's no like literally no reaction, Um, even if it is just because it's a live stream, because I've tried to keep saying like, if there are like technical difficulties or whatever, it's like if there's any like weird hiccups to kind of emphasize the fact that it's like, hey, guys, none of us want to be doing this. Like, none of us signed up when we started bands to do this. Like, like, no one planned on this. So, like, let me some slack. Like, we're just going to see how this goes. So, yeah, that's, yeah, that's rough. But I did appreciate the fact that you were like, I'm in a green room.
1: (laughs) It's just like, Those things, those small things So, like, You know, they're, like, bittersweet. We're, like, it felt so good and so familiar to be in a backstage room. But then, like, then you realize, like, oh, yeah, but, like, this isn't normal. And there is something totally different about this. And, yeah.
0: Yeah. Then I guess with that said, like, is there anything – I mean, because I've been asking this question of people just kind of across the board, um, like, having nothing to do with COVID necessarily. But, like, are there – is there anything especially now that like has been on the back burner or like uh, another format of project that like you want to see happen now?
1: Well, I guess you know like I guess my whole thing at the beginning of this and the mindset that I've tried to maintain as opposed to fighting against it, and I've struggled with this because there's sometimes where I am like fighting against it being the way it is, but my whole thing at the beginning was like just pretend that this is what you wanted to happen. Like, think about artists that you admire who at some point in their career were like, I'm not touring for this amount of time. You know, like, I don't know, Bob Dylan, he didn't tour for seven years in his late 30s or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so like kind of approaching it that way and like in thinking about it of as like, okay, well, it's impossible to try in a planet like, okay, I'll just keep working on a record and I'll plan it so that the record comes out right as the plague is ending. So then I can go right out on tour and have this record come out and it'll be perfect. Like that's going to be impossible to do because you don't know when it's going to end. And then also thinking about it where like, as soon as we do come out of this, everyone is going to be trying to go out there and touring. So it's going to be like so saturated and so flooded, you know, that... I've been trying to think about it more of like, well, just keep writing, just keep writing and keep recording music and like, and just see what happens, you know, but like kind of fall into it in that way. And, you know, I wish that we lived in a time where like, where like, frankly, where le- record sales were more lucrative, you know, where like you think about artists in the sixties or seventies who like touring was more of a novelty, you know, you, yeah. you it was more about making the records in the studio where like, I wish that financially it was more realistic to, to do that, but I'm trying to like look past the financial sides of things and just be like, well, just do that. Just make records, just record songs, write songs, you know?
0: Yeah. No, well that, yeah, that's a good way to think about it for sure.
1: It's, it's strange. Like thinking about back on like some of the like last year in particular, where like there were certain things like against me did those album shows, you know, where we were doing two albums a night in in each city or whatever. And like, I was cynical about it in ways. Like I was, I was genuinely enthusiastic playing shows. I enjoyed the shows. Don't get me wrong, but just like the the idea of like, like feeling uh, is this a gimmick? You know, we're going to do two albums every night, you know, like, come on. Um, but then how like having things changed the way they have like it it has this then this meaning that it didn't have before of like oh wow you know like i don't know when we'll play a show again and like let's be real that could those could have been some of our last shows ever you know like um so that's crazy uh um, yeah we're thinking back to the like last fest like uh mm-hmm. you know the that that set it at the cmc you know mm-hmm. like that's the last time I played in Gainesville I don't know if you had any shows after that but nope. uh-uh. that's like yeah. a I don't know that's a bittersweet memory to have of the last time I was in Gainesville <laughs> playing a show and yeah. I, I miss it you know
0: no for sure well then that um that makes me think did, did you did you all know for for your last show before you ended that tour did you know that that was your last show
1: no not really like the it was it was like apparent that it was gonna have to happen within a show or two Mm
0: -hmm.
1: specifically because of the way the tour was routed we were going south so like technically we could have kept going because those states we were going to weren't shutting down so (laughs) it was really like our call of like hey what is the actual safe thing to do here you know Mm -hmm. um So we like played the show and then literally like after the show, there was, I I forget what development had been late breaking news, but we were like, Hey, we, we should call it, you know, like we should just all go home. So it's, it is strange in that way too, where like, um, that last show, um, like it wasn't played with that mindset of like, this is it, this is the last show for a while in reality. Like, I don't even, I don't remember the show. I, can't, I have yeah. no real memory of it. Yeah. You
0: know? Well, and I mean, um because for us I I did know, like we did know. Mm-hmm. And um but at the same time, I I don't think we knew just how long I mean, we definitely didn't know how long it was going to be. And so it was almost like we were kind of joking, sounds like it's in poor taste, but just being like, well, who knows when we're going to do this again. And it was like, went out and had a really good time. And I rem- I do remember it, but, but it was, I was like, I, you know, I, I wish I hadn't done something differently because it didn't feel like it was like, oh no, this it might be for a year. And that's unfathomable then, you know, that you would think that. So yeah, of course you don't remember the show because it didn't feel like it was.
1: Uh, and there is that level of yeah. like, of joking about it. Like you're saying where like, you know, there's the one hand of it where like, I mean, that's, for me, if I'm uncomfortable about something, I'll I'll develop a certain amount of joking because I'm uncomfortable. So I just sure. want to be smiling and laughing. But then even like thinking about it in the terms of like the different dynamics within the band where like, you know, we have some people within the band who will indulge more on a conspiracy theory, let's say. You know, like, I'll go down the rabbit hole about talking about how Paul McCartney actually died in the 60s, where we have some other people in the band who, like, have no tolerance whatsoever for any kind of exaggeration of any kind of what-if scenarios or whatever. So, like, to be faced with, with, like, a global (laughs) pandemic, which still even talking about it now has that element of, like, you're being a little dramatic, don't you think? You know, where it's like, no, 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 it's a global pandemic. Oh like, yeah. Like, like, hey, I really do think we should stop at grocery stores on our drive back to just get some toilet paper and some, yeah. some home goods, everybody. And then, and, and trying to battle that out with the group dynamic. But then you go into the store and the shelves are already ransacked. And you're I like,
0: think, uh, guys, this, <laughs> <I> think. <laughs> but oh yeah well and and that um being with the group going through that and going into a grocery store and seeing that and like experiencing that with your friends rather than like already being at home by yourself um but is I think a very unique position that I'm I'm or a very unique experience that I'm glad I had I don't know if you feel the same way but um
1: i am yeah and then it's strange now like especially with everyone being in different places where it's like and now none of us are having the same experience where like and so much of that even um just speaking as a country seems like almost by design of like let's keep everyone divided and everyone has a totally different time with this and that'll like like add to the division it's crazy um But, uh, you know, like one more last thought even then expanding on that is that that was one of the really uh, interesting things about making a record during the pandemic was that, you know, so oftentimes when you're in the studio, it is that bubble where like time moves differently and you are able to pretend the outside world doesn't exist because hell, sometimes there's not even any windows in the building, you know, Mm -hmm. like you just don't even look outside. You don't know what time it is, but this time the experience of it being just like two people, and then specifically both of us wearing face masks the whole time, except for when I was in the, the room where I was singing, and then the other person just becoming a voice over the intercom, like just the presence of the face masks made the reality of it all inescapable, where it was like, it's there in the studio with you, you know?
0: Wow, that sounds or like a very intense scenario for something that I would assume is usually a really enjoyable experience, you know, like being in the studio locked in a studio is fun.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Um,
0: Well, I'm I'm glad you were able to do it. That sounds like it was, it was a lot of fun despite all that. So.
1: It was, I'm thankful for it. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah. Yeah. This was really fun. I was I'm really glad we got to catch up and talk about this stuff.
1: Yeah. Thank you for asking me to do it. I appreciate it
0: you've been listening to an audio edition of the email newsletter get it together if you enjoyed conversations like this please consider subscribing to the newsletter for free Uh, you can get weekly emails about music and art making and queer stuff and creative practice and more conversations like this about uh, trying to build a life around making things and also sometimes I talk about my band warriors but also not that much so um, yeah thanks so much again for listening